What a tremendous song. Keep my eyes above the waters. Well, we need it right now. And if this is your first time with us, we welcome you to Blackstone Valley.
the scriptures weren't even found. The scriptures were even hidden away. And um, they've been stored away, completely forgotten about. Can you imagine uh, the scrolls being gone? Not You not having your own Bible or scrolls to read. And they were hidden away. They were stored away. Just nobody had interest in it. Until God had warned in the law that if Israel departed from God, guess what he would do? Destroy them. And drive them out of his land. When Josiah became king, even as a little eight-year-old kid, he commanded that the law be brought back. The word of God be brought back. I think it's important to bring God's word back to where it needs to be. Not chained to a pulpit as the chained Bible is, but... In our hearts, thy word have I hidden mine heart that I won't sin against thee. And so now he saw a deteriorated temple. And as I drive up and down in New England roads, as I travel with uh, different ventures that I go on, and I see these churches that are deteriorated and not just the buildings, but there's no people. There's nobody to stand in the gap, as one of the prophets said. I looked for a man to stand in the gap to make up the hedge. And the Lord said, I found none. But praise the Lord, there's a remnant. There's people that are praying. In fact, today is a a day of fasting and prayer for our nation. And I just found out about it recently, but it's it's a day that we need to pray for our nation. We're at a crossroads. We're at a crux. We're at a, a pivotal point in our nation's history once again. Justin gave a great message. It seems like I've heard that before, but I didn't have the pictures in Sunday school. But I tell you, we're at a pivotal point. Just like when Josiah became king at an eight-year-old child. The Bible says even a child is known by his doings. And so now, Israel has departed from God, and God's allowed things to happen that they never thought in their lifetime would happen. And so now the temple was being repaired, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, It was being restored, and uh, someone found the book of the law of God. They found it. It had been lost for a little while. It had been put in a place. Well, you'd think it'd be put in a safe place, but now he found it. And it was not just dusted off and put on a shelf or put on a, a table like we have the Bible on the back table there, but it was brought directly to the king. When he heard the commandments, Josiah did, and the warnings of God, you know what he did? The Bible says he rent his clothes. He tore his clothes. He was so remorseful and so full of repentance because of the uh, degradation that the nation had gone through that he wanted to get right with God. I think that's important. I don't think you have to shred your clothes to do that but I sure hope you shred your heart to do that and get right with God he found a prophet of God sent word to inquire of the Lord and God told Josiah he would severely judge Israel and bring all the warnings that were written in the book against the nation boy that's that's traumatic if you read Revelation last book last chapter last verse If anybody adds to or takes away from, everything's going to be added to their life that's written in this book. All the plagues. And he says he was going to execute wrath upon the nation and nothing could quench it. Can you imagine? How have we gotten this far? How have we departed so far from God's word and the truth? I'm not talking about you particular, but as a nation, we've forgotten God. Even ungodly people, even unsaved, let me put it that way, not ungodly people. Unsaved people, which are ungodly, people that don't know Jesus as their Savior, they had a respect for the man of God. They had a respect for churches. They had a respect for the word of God, but not anymore. It's a mockery. Hollywood mocks the man of God. Hollywood mocks the word of God. 
And so, however, Josiah, because he humbled himself, we saw that verse up there, my people which are called by my name, humble themselves. I think it applies to Israel, but it also applies to us. We have to get right before God. Verse number 19 says, because thy heart was tender, chapter 22, Second Kings, because thy heart was tender, and thou hast humbled thyself before the Lord, when thou heardest that I spake against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, that they should become a desolation and a curse, and has rent thy clothes and wept before me. I also have heard thee, saith the Lord. Behold, therefore I will gather thee unto thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered to thy grave in peace. And thine eyes shall not see all the evil which I will bring on this place. And they brought the king word again. See, we need to get right with God so that we can have God's blessings again. We're a nation that God has blessed because we put God first. Not just on our money, not just in our church, but in society. If God's not priority and preeminent, then what are we doing? It seems like sometimes we're just spinning our wheels and not making progress. Judgment was eminent. But you know what God, in his infinite mercy, he had mercy on Josiah. He had mercy on him. He has mercy on those who honor him and obey him. See, it's important to obey God. Did you know that? Unfortunately, he took the promise as something that made him invincible, which he's not, or he wasn't. And God kept his word and kept back and kept, did not bring judgment upon the nation because all of, you know, you think about all the calamities you read against Israel. But after Josiah died, God released his wrath and allowed things to happen to Israel. You know why? Josiah stepped out of God's will and brought his life to an early end. He was only 39 years old when he ceased to reign. That's a young man. You know, in, in Jewish culture, the Jewish man was a young man up until the age of 40. Lived with his parents most of that time up until the age of 40. And um, I, I know America is getting back to living in their parents' homes until the age of 50, 60, you know. But Josiah stepped out of God's plan. I'm invincible. God's on my side. And um, God may be on your side. You better be on God's side. You better be on God's team. Josiah stepped out of God's will and brought his life to an early end. And I know the song and I know what people say. Only the good die young, right? But that's a man-made philosophy. You look at Methuselah's life. Another year, Methuselah? Yeah, 969. Enoch walked with God and was not. He, he's still alive. And I think he's in God's presence physically. He's going to come back and uh, can't prove it, but he's going to be one of the two witnesses. Elijah was taken up by a, a whirlwind of fire and a chariot of fire. He's going to come back. And I think those two witnesses are going to live to die. And they're going to lay dead in the streets of Jerusalem for three days, and then they're going to rise again. And then we're going to get to talk to them someday. Second Chronicles chapter 35, you don't have to turn there, but listen as I read verse number 20. After all this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, Necho, king of Egypt, came up to fight against Carchemish by Euphrates, and Josiah went out against him. But he sent ambassadors to him, saying, What have I, do to, what have I to do with thee, thou king of Judah? I came not against thee this day, but against the house wherewith I have war. For God commanded me to make haste, forbear thee from meddling with God. If you meddle with God's stuff, God will take care of you. As you read on, take note, the event was not the judgment upon Josiah. And um, that he promised that he would bring upon the nation. But he would bring peace until Josiah was off the scene. Who knows how long God's hand is going to be stayed upon our nation? Who knows how long God is going to allow us 
in this world to go so far. And then like a loving father, he's going to say, that is enough. That is enough. And I think we're closer than ever. I mean, if you look at history, there's events that take place. And we can see the things that are happening in our society that something big is going to happen. Not an election. It's bigger than that. Josiah was clearly warned for meddling with God. And he would be destroyed if he didn't turn back. You look at the promises of God. Keep in mind, his promises are fulfilled when we're walking within his will. Remember we talk about the if and then promise? If you do this, then you, if you serve me, I will bless you. But if you do not serve me, then there's a curse involved. There's something else involved. And so often they acted contrary to the will of God. I don't understand. Looking back through history, how can you not learn from what you've already gone through. We have the promises of God as our hope, our guide, our refuge. Number two, nothing can harm us against God's will. Did you know Job, in his situation, the devil had to ask God for permission to even bother Job? And if you're a child of God, the devil has to ask permission to bother you. Did you realize that? See, some of us think, well, just happened by circumstance. The devil's just attacking me today. My preacher used to say well, that I used to work for, he says, well, if the devil's attacking me, he's leaving somebody else alone. That's not necessarily true because he has other minions. The prince in power of the air, he's trying to manipulate this earth to his benefit and his advantage. Did you know God's in control no matter what happens? And I'm, I'm praising the Lord, thanking the Lord that he's in control. Are we worried? No, concerned is more like it. Concerned, Psalm 121, verse 1, uh, it says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. My help, uh, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Boy, we need his hand of guidance and protection, don't we? Did you know God is never taken by surprise? I know sometimes you're, you're surprised by something. And uh, every once in a while on my left side, there'll be something that surprises me because I can't see that well on the left side. So if you start talking, I can hear you, but I can't see you as well. I see there's something there. Sometimes I get surprised. Somebody's right there. Oh, oh you're right there. No, God never gets surprised. I can't fathom that. I can't understand that how can if you try to sneak up on somebody I know snuck isn't a word uh, I was told many years ago but if you try to sneak up on someone you can scare them you could probably scare me but you can never scare God you can't sneak up on God God is never taken by surprise and he knew the problems that would arise in your life before they even happened, before you were even born. You know, this is what gives us faith and confidence to know uh, he's in control of our circumstances. All of our bodies are breaking down. Well, at least I, I can speak for myself. I have no idea what's going on. But God does. God knows what he's doing. I, we have a pastor friend in uh, Pasco, Brother Speroni, and he's got somebody in his church that a little boy is going through a really rough time. He's not going to come out of it. He just had uh, some brain bleeds and brain problems, and he's sharing the pictures and prayer requests for the family. And, boy, my heart goes out to the family. My heart, the things that we go through are nothing in comparison to what this family's going through. But did you know that God is their source just like he's our source? 
He's their keeper. God is never taken by surprise. I want you to remember that. Our circumstances sometimes overwhelm us. We know that God has a plan for our lives. Back, did you know God planned your steps? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Every breath you take, we sing songs about it. And uh, before you were even born, he formed you in the womb. Did you know Satan's desire is to destroy you? Has nothing to do with God. According to the Bible, Satan has to ask for permission to bother you. God is the ultimate supreme authority over all of creation. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Praise the Lord. Boy, God is creative, isn't he? You look at his, the sky and the handiwork of the beautiful leaves that change. Thank God you live in New England. Because if you live in down south or other places, they turn brown and fall off, and you don't have the beauty that we have in New England. According to the Bible, the devil has to ask permission from God before he can tempt or even harm you. When we think about authority, all authority, all power is given unto Jesus. And he gave that authority to the disciples. And he gave that authority and power to the church. And we have that paraclete, that Holy Spirit power. We believe God answers prayer, do we not? Why do we pray if we don't believe it? Nothing can destroy your life or this church or anything in this world without God allowing it to happen. Psalm 34, verse number 6, the Bible says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about that fear him and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. And it's not just a, a temporary blessing. We, we talk about blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord. We talk about the blessed man, but it's more than being happy. Goes on to say, O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. I like that verse. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. I'm okay. If the angel of the Lord encamps around you, what harm can come against you unless God permits it? Did you get that? See, God allows things to happen for his glory. Jezebel and Ahab, old King Ahab, when they commanded everyone to worship Baal or be condemned or die, God said that he preserved 7,000 in a cave that haven't bowed knee to Baal. Can you imagine when King David was anointed king, King Saul hunted him relentlessly. It was hopeless if you look at it from David's perspective. David journeyed into enemies of Israel, yet the Bible says the Lord preserved him everywhere he went. Did you know God preserves the lives of his people? Without his permission, it is impossible. And again, I say it, it is impossible for anyone to harm a child of God. Death, nor life, nor principalities, nor powers, things present, things to come, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Fear not, Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, fear not them which kill the body, but are uh, not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. 
Did you know God is concerned about your life, our lives, the lives of his people, his creation? We don't realize how much God is in control of this life. If a sparrow can't die without God's even noticing it, boy, we're much more valuable than a sparrow. And so uh, God preserves our lives uh, uh, for what? Sometimes we think life is just so short. Life is, life is full of conundrums, if you will. Life is cheap. As we begin to see, people don't value life. Whether you believe or don't believe in abortion, abortion is murder. It's killing the unborn. That child never had a chance. And, you know, God knows. God in his sovereignty looks and sees that people think life is cheap. Life is not cheap. Life is precious. Life is sweet. And God knows what's best for us. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. His ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Didn't he say that in Psalms? And who is he that will harm you? If ye be followers of that which is good. But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh your reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. See, we have hope. We're not hopeless, we're not basket cases yet. Some of you might be, but we're not hopeless. We have hope in Jesus Christ. And, and I think it's important that we understand that his, my hope has found a resting place, not in device nor creed. It's in Jesus Christ. The passage begins with quoting verses from the same psalm that we've already read. And so the only good is God's perfect will. The scripture makes it clear that we're going to suffer. Jesus taught that if we suffered, uh, you know, he was an evil man. That's what they said about him. We can expect the same kind of suffering, not to the extent that Jesus went through, because the Bible says the servant's not greater than the master. We can come boldly before the throne of grace. Did you know that? No matter what or how petty or how small or how difficult the problem is, there's no problem too big for God. No problem, no health problems that are too big for God. No issues that are too big for God. No psychological problems that are too big for God. God is omnipotent. God is perfect. We can come boldly and follow the Lord in peril because we know that the only harm that we can suffer is what God allows did you know the enemies of God tried to kill the Apostle Paul? Even after Paul got saved and had the Damascus Road experience and converted, they did not like what Paul was saying and preaching. They tried many, there was all kinds of stories that God preserved his life. Got bit by a snake, he was beat, he was thrown in the, uh, he was beat outside the city gates and left for dead. You know what he did? He got up and preached again. I don't know. That's pretty tough, Lord. He was beat with rods. He was beat with a cat of nine tails. He was left in prison. I mean, nothing can compare to what Paul went through. You know, all the schemes of the world are meaningless because God preserved Paul for God's own purpose. At the end of his life, he says, I have finished my course. I fought a good fight. I've done everything that the Lord wanted me to. And shortly after writing that, Nero killed Paul. And so the same can be true of every believer's life. Until you've finished the race, you're not finished yet. You might be close to the end, but you're not finished yet. And of course, we don't know when we finish the race, did you know God knows the end? And he's not the author of confusion. When we get confused about things, God's not confused. 
hear all these things about in Massachusetts, it's vote no on question one, vote yes on question two, vote, and, and there's people on both sides. Oh, they're both convincing. God's not confused. God's not trying to confuse us. His way is perfect. His will is perfect. He knows what's best for us. He knows the steps that I take. Here's the third thing I see. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not because sometimes we get afraid, especially around this time of the month, not Pastor Appreciation Month. I know that's a different thing. I appreciate all the kind words that have already been said in cards and notes. But let me tell you something. The devil wants you to have fear. We have this pandemic that's going up and down, and, and it's a bad thing. It's terrible. God knew it would, how it's going to turn out. But let me tell you, don't worry and don't fear over what's happening. Uh, fear hath torments. It prevents you from coming to church. It'll prevent you from going forward for the Lord and telling other people about Jesus. Be respectful. Wear your mask as long as you can. Breathing in your own carbon dioxide. But let me tell you something. I, I thank the Lord there's not going to be any masks in heaven. I had to wear one of those masks about eight hours one day this week. I was getting a little woozy. That was not fun. Let me tell you something. God knows what we have to go through. His way, his will, and his word are always perfect. Did you know he wants what's best for his children? Just like we do as a, as a parent or even a grandparent. We want what's best. And when we see our, our children or our grandchildren get hurt, oh, man. It didn't matter if I was close or not. I'm looked at as the enemy because I allowed it to happen in the living room when he bumped his head. Little Carter bumped his head, and my wife got all over me for allowing Carter to get hurt. I wasn't even close to him. I put rubber bumpers on everything. You know, God doesn't allow things to happen to hurt us and say, Aha, I told you would do that. What did you learn from it? My dad used to say that all the time. Now, what'd you learn from that, son? Oh, not to stick your finger in this light socket. No, God says, now, the righteous fall down seven times, and the Lord helps them up. See, we're prone to fall. We're prone to do things that are contrary to our nature, or his nature, not our nature. We think we know, I got it by myself. My shirt's on backwards. My clothes are inside out. My shoes are on the wrong feet. I can do it by myself, Dad. No, here, let me help you. We need God's help, don't we? There's never a time in my life where I don't need God's help. Josiah learned a hard lesson. It was a valuable lesson. It's a history lesson that you can't revise. He did right at the beginning for a few years, and then something happened. Somebody whispered in his ear, something happened where he had bad counsel. Something happened where he departed. Did you know the old slew-foot devil wants to get you off the path? He wants you to focus on what's important for you, not for what's important for the Lord. Fear not. Philippians, uh, or let's do John. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If you're in Christ, the peace of God has given uh, been given to you as a child of God. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, that's what we're looking for, right? Which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. See, we need our hearts to be wrapped with the comforting hands of Jesus Christ. Because what happens if things don't go the way we expect them to? What happens if things go a different direction? Well, my faith has found a resting place. I've got to get back to what's really important. And we're, we're told that 
God is always in control. Nothing is out of control, even though it seems like it. And so it doesn't mean that human nature will disappear. Sometimes we think that, well, people will just do right as soon as they get saved. I had one guy, I remember years ago, uh, he wanted to be baptized so bad. And the day of his baptism was the last day we saw him in this church. But he got baptized. I don't think he got saved. Just because you get baptized in Blackstone Valley Baptist Church with one socket water doesn't mean you're going to heaven. If you trust Jesus as your Savior and you know for sure you were a sinner and you put your faith and trust in Christ alone to save you, the baptism doesn't save you. That's an answer of a good conscience to God. And so we want everything peaceful, don't we? Um, the world and Christians who don't walk by faith do just the opposite. They measure uh, God's love based on events that go for or against our selfish desires. And so when events or circumstances threaten our security, then, oh, well, it must not be God's will. Wait a minute, God's will is perfect. God's will is right all the time. 1 John 5, 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. We sing songs like that, right? Faith is the victory. But do we believe it? Do we practice it? Our fleshly nature will war against the Spirit of God within us until life is over. You know, I've done a lot of funerals. I've been involved with many, many funerals. And when it, Paul says mortify the members of your body, that means put to death. Not one time has anybody come out of the coffin, as much as we want them to. They're mortified. They're not coming back in this life. And we need to do the same thing with our fleshly desires. Put them to death. Take every thought captive. Because sometimes we don't take those thoughts captive and we speak things that God doesn't want us to speak. Our hearts imagine vain imaginations. The problems don't go away, but boy, God makes them easier to go through. Our perspective changes, though, when you th see things through God's glasses. And um, if God is in control, then we know that our life is in his hands. And I praise the Lord, my life is in his hands. No matter what happens, this church is in his hands. You are in his hands. By the way, you've been prayed for today. And I know God answers prayer. The struggle is, is real in our world today. Uh, terrorism, warfare. Uh, where are we at? Zeta on the hurricane chart? Alpha, beta, gamma, delta. That's all I know. Used to know all the Greek alphabet, but it's Greek to me now, so... People are afraid of failing. And um, everything the devil uses is based upon disbelief and fear. One of the good things that has happened because of this pandemic, if anything can be good, is uh, you can't go visit Salem anymore. I wasn't going anyway. Why? Because they're prone, they're humans. And they're prone to the human frailties of getting sick. And you know what? Remind yourself, God is in control. Let's say that together. God is in control. God is in control. Nothing slips past his hand. Nothing slips past his mind or his eye. He allows things to happen just like he did in Josiah's day. He says, if you're going to serve me, I'm going to bless you and the nation. But the nation has already veered off the path before you came on the scene, Josiah. And there's judgment coming. But because you have sought me early, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to pass judgment upon Israel until after you're gone. And then he deviated. See, so he deviated a little bit. Straight is the way. Narrow is the way that leads to life everlasting. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go in thereat, the Bible says.
Oh, everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Not everybody. There's some that have purposed in their heart. No matter what the king says or what somebody else says or what somebody else is doing, this as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And we have to get that mindset because every idol has been torn down and taken away and Hollywood doesn't know what to do with itself, putting out movies and they don't know what to do with themselves. AMC is going to have to shut down the movie houses because nobody's coming. Well, I think that might be a good thing. Because our idol, we don't need to have any idols. God is the supreme ruler who needs to sit on the throne of our heart instead of Hollywood. But things are being exposed. Did you know God's going to expose everybody? Every eye will behold. Every tongue will confess. He is Lord. So fear not. Fear not. We know that we don't have fear, those that can destroy our body. God's the only one that can destroy our soul. He's the only one that needs to be feared. And it's not a scary fear. Like when people talk about Halloween, there's no Christian elements in Halloween. I want to just throw that out there. It glorifies death and dying. But the Lord's able to preserve your life. And his judgment is more to be feared than anything in this life can throw our way. Or the devil can throw our way. The time is coming, Jesus said. Whoever kills you will think he's doing God a service. It seems like some terrorists fit this bill exactly. They're filled with wickedness and claim that their God allows them to do evil to other people as long as they're fulfilling a purpose. It's okay to rape, lie, steal, murder, and do all kinds of wickedness as long as they keep these handful of rules. Well, Revelation says that murderers, liars, immoral people will never be taken into heaven. Destroying thousands of lives, they believe they're doing God a service. Well, that's what the Bible says that they're going to do. You know, God is not a terrorist to try to keep us in line. Fear hath torments, right? We, f- we love him. Why? He first loved us. Fear is something we have a holy respect of who God is, what he could do, but he chooses not to. Why? He loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that's us, believeth in him. You know, he is my refuge, my fortress, the verse says. My God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Seems like we're in the noisome pestilence sometimes. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and a buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. You know, we see a lot of things happening, and the statistics are just mind-boggling, and it puts fear in our hearts. Let me tell you something. God is ultimately in control. He says, fear not. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Be confident. And so... Uh, does this mean the person who walks with God will never be harmed? No, it doesn't mean that at all. It it doesn't mean that we're sinlessly perfect. It doesn't mean that we're not going to deal with issues of our heart, our knees, our backs, our hips, our heads. It means that God is in control. And we have to learn to rest in his promises. We have to learn to rest in him. Remember he told the disciples, come apart for a season. Come apart before you come apart. And if we don't get right before God and we don't get on our face before God, it it starts with us. We want revival to happen, but it starts with one. It starts with, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And all of us can be uh, saying the same thing and singing the same song. Even if you don't know the tune, you can sing the song. We're all in need of prayer. 
And God is not very far. Sometimes we think, oh, he can't even hear me. We saw Mars the other night. No, not up close. Not on a video, but live out the front door. Mars was right there above the moon. Beautiful. Now, we didn't see if it was red or not, but it was glowing. Beautiful. Hey, did you know my God made that? My God made the moon, the sun. He made this earth, and he made you. Does it mean we'll never be bothered or harmed? Well, no. It means if you're walking according to his will, nothing can harm you outside of his permission. We don't know if God's going to allow us to suffer and die in this life. I mean, it's going to get a lot worse. I don't want to scare anybody, but if you read the book, you see that things are going to get progressively worse. Then in the end, the earth will melt with a fervent heat. It's not global warming. It's God increasing the warmth. It's going to melt with a fervent heat. It's going to be destroyed. I think about these hurricanes and the different ones, and, and people have saved a lifetime to put their money in a bank. And one guy, his own testimony was this. I, I saved my whole life, put my money in the bank. The bank got flooded. I can't even touch my money. What good is it if you lay up for yourself treasure on this earth? I'm, I'm talking about being wise. I think it's important to save, but if that's all you have to look forward to, God can take it in one whirlwind. Cat 3 hurricane. Destroyed. Flooded. We can't understand. Earthquakes in different places. We're seeing earthquakes that we've never seen before in different places around this globe. You know, I, I think, just like the Bible says, the earth is groaning. Getting ready for its creator to come back. I'm looking forward to Jesus coming back. So much that we have to do, and so much that we have to tell, and so many people that we have to tell, but let me tell you something. The Bible says in Psalm 40, verse 8, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. I have preached righteousness to the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not con concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. Let me ask a question. Are you delighting to do his will? Uh, most of us, I hope, would say yes. Do you have confidence that you're running the race that God has set before you? I can't run your race. Paul says, I finished the course. And um, you, you can't have confidence in God and run the race without God. You have to submit to him. Everybody runs to win, do they not? They're not just running for the sake of running. I just want to get to the end. <laughs> First John 5, verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Boy, that's our hope. That's our life. Not just in here, but when we get out beyond the, the walls of this church, you're entering the mission field. And everybody that you come in contact, it needs to be on your mind. I wonder if that person knows Jesus. It doesn't matter if they're Democrat, Republican, Republicrat, Green Party, Libertarian. It doesn't matter who they are or what they believe. It matters if they know Jesus. It matters if they trusted Christ as their Savior. But we don't agree with them. Yeah, I think Jesus dealt with a lot of Pharisees too. He dealt with a lot of scribes. And you know what? He was concerned for their never-dying soul. And there was some that believed, some of the scribes. And they even said this, he doesn't teach as the scribes, he teaches as one that has authority. Some of them believed. And we'll meet him in heaven. You never know what your testimony or your words as you talk to people, uh, you never know. This side of heaven, who's going to trust the Lord as their savior? 
That's why it's important to know what his will is for your life. I could give you my will. It's about that big. But God's will is so much bigger and greater. Do this and live. Trust me with your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me. Talking about the Lord. And I'll direct your path. We need direction. We need his direction. Let's stand with our heads bowed. You know, as we think about the upcoming election and events, and we can surmise how bad things are going to get. We can, we can conclu- conclude that things are going to get really, really bad. But let me tell you something. Ultimately, God is still in control. He's going to bring peace in the midst of the storm. He's going to allow us to go through some storms that we've already gone through. This year has been unbelievable. In the 40-plus years that we've been here, it's unbelievable. But you know what? Here we are. God's still on his throne. God's allowed us to preach the gospel, sing praises, and in the midst of storms, be happy. It's not the world that makes us happy. It's God that brings an inner peace. If you don't know him as your Savior, stop playing church. Stop playing games. Because one of these days, you won't be able to play games and pull the wool over God's eyes. He'll say, depart from me, I never knew you.